Hey, good morning, good morning, good morning, New Beginnings Christian Center friends and family, guests, and visitors. My name is Pastor Robert Lee Cooper. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, regardless of what kind of mother or where you are right now this morning. This is Mother's Day and the day that we honor you for all the sacrifice and all that you give for each and every one of us. It is indeed an honor to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers listening in this morning. I want you to know something this morning that you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be troubled. And I hope that for all that are honoring mothers today, that you are taking uh, and lifting those burdens away from all the women in your lives that are mothers today and mothers to be, because they should be given this time to just sit back and not have a worry, a care, relax, be taken care of so that they can feel the love that you have for them as you honor, as we all should honor them on this most special, special, special day. And so again, I can't say it enough. Happy, happy Mother's Day on this Sunday morning. This morning, I want to speak to you, and it's from the book of John. And we're going to talk just a little about, after I read a few passages of scripture, about how we all should learn. And the title of this message is, Do Not Worry, Be Patient, and Trust in God. How we stop all that worry, how we learn to be patient, and how we simply learn to trust God. I want you to listen as I read some passages of scripture from the book of John, the 11th chapter. And it's going to, I'm going to go through quite a bit. So if you have your Bibles handy, I pray that you open them up and join me this morning. Beginning at verse one. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with anointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, him whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha, and her sister, and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples saying unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, but he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, 
he shall do well, howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain, he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15, 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as said, as she heard that Je as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then saith Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hath been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, Whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believeth thou this? She said unto him, <clears throat> Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come unto the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come unto the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then, when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother hath not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. 
It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know, I knew that thou heareth me always. But because of the people which I stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. May God add a blessing to the reading of the word. You know, this morning, on this Mother's Day, so many mothers in our lives have shown us that in some cases, in some situations, it's more important for us to remember our commitment to our Lord and Savior and to have patience, not to rush, not to always seek that our requests be answered in our time, but that we allow our God to operate in his time. But you see, in order to wait on God, you must know him for yourself. Could you imagine being in a strange place, in a strange place with, in an unfamiliar situation and waiting on someone you didn't know? That's what it would be like if I were to ask you to wait on God and you had no idea who he was and you had, you didn't understand the nature of God. The simplest answer is it's just plain. It's not smart. It would not be a smart thing to know that you are trusting and putting your life in the hands of someone you have no clue as to who they are. And so it's best to know him for yourself to learn who he is, to learn all about him. Mothers all over this country have, have worked hard and diligently to teach their children about our God and about his son, Jesus Christ, in order that there be a foundation laid within each of us so that we know him and we are not left in a strange place, a foreign place, waiting for someone who we have no idea who they are. It reminds me of a story, and some of you may have heard it in, in passing from time to time, but there was a man who was hiking a trail, and he, as he was going along, he accidentally fell over the edge of the cliff, and at the bottom, which was several feet below, you know, he thought that he was headed to his, his, his imminent death. 
Fortunately, as he was falling, he was able to grab hold of a branch that was sticking or protruding out of the side of the rocks. And as he began to fall, he cried out. And as he clung to that branch, he began to crawl out and to scream, but there was no answer. He was struggling to hang on. His life was surely about to end. But he continued to hold on and he continued to keep calling, calling, help me, help me. Oh, Lord, is there someone who can help me? And finally, a voice from above answered. I know in that moment he must have felt as though this ordeal would soon come to an end. But he heard the voice as it yelled out to him, as he was calling out for help knowing that his death was imminent unless unless he received some assistance in those moments, that he would surely fall to his death. The voice that, that responded said to let go, I'll catch you. Now, keep in mind, this voice was coming from above, but the voice told him to let go. I'll catch you. His response in those moments. In that very moment, his response was, is there anyone else there? Is there anyone else up there who can help me? Now imagine that. A voice from above is telling you, I've got you. I've got you. You're barely hanging on. How many are barely hanging on this morning? And God has been simply telling you, I've got you. You see, that story is is a reflection of how many of us are in our lives today. We know that we're barely hanging on. God is telling us that he's there to catch us, that he's got us, that he's going to save you, he's going to rescue you. But instead of allowing him to do so, we continue to cling to that branch. In other words, we rely on our own abilities. We're relying on what we know we're incapable of doing for our life support. Because eventually our strength is going to give out and we won't be able to hang on. And so it's, don't you know that it, in some way we must learn to trust God in those moments. So why not sooner than later? There was another story about a church-going man in similar situation. He was in a tumultuous situation, but he was in a flood situation and the waters were rising and, and he was crying out for help also when the rains first started and all of his neighbors, many of the people around him were evacuating. He chose to remain in his home. And the water was continuing to rise. The first, and he was trusting that God would come and rescue him. And so the first person to come by was a policeman telling him, expressing the dire need for him to get out and get out now, to leave while he still can. But the man, he believed his faith. He thought that my faith is saying, hey, God will protect me. I'll be fine. And the policeman went on. And the water continued to rise. 
Pretty soon the water had reached a level where there was no way he could leave in a car or drive out. He could barely walk out. The water was coming in so quickly, so much so that a boat came by. And as he continued to pray and pray and pray and ask God to send help, a boat did show up. And the boat, the, guy, the people on the boat asked him, well, come on, come on, get in the boat. We can get you out of here. But he was waiting on God and he refused their help. As the water continued to rise and the man was forced to climb on top of his roof, just like many of the people did down in, in New Orleans several years ago when they had that flood, had to go up to his roof. So much so, and the water was so high that the only thing that could reach him was a helicopter. And they they, they, they saw the man on the roof and, and he was praying, he was praying without ceasing and asking God for to save him. And the helicopter, the people in the helicopter yelling down at him to grab the line. Come on, let us help you. Let us help you. But no, he wouldn't go. Well, it inevitably led to his drowning and his death. But the question remains, why would you pray and ask God for assistance? And then when it arrives, you turn it away because it's not the way you would want it to, to look or it doesn't come in the manner in which you expect. You see, God tells us not to worry and to be patient, but we must also recognize that when he sends us the assistance that we need, the help that we need, we must learn to recognize and to see that it's a move of God. You see, too often we worry when we should be waiting and we resist when we should be, when we should resign ourselves to accepting what God is sending our way. And sometimes it's, it, it's not going to come when we want it to. Oftentimes God's delays are, can be explained in, in God's way of teaching us what he sees as our need for patience. But, you know, we're oftentimes also reminded that he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. But again, if you don't know him, you won't know his assistance. You won't recognize his hand. And it can lead to your death or your loss. And so the importance of knowing him is so vital in understanding when you are experiencing a move from God, when God is reaching forth to help you. You know, so many of the women in my life have been, have been such stalwarts and strong supporters that many of the family members have leaned upon them because they have had strength that was beyond what anyone would ever expect. But each of them had this, this one thing in common, the faith and the belief and the trust in our God, our Lord and Savior. And it gave them strength that made them special, that has made them special, that has continued to carry them over and throughout the years. And it is something that mothers have tried and are, are continue to try to teach us each and every day. 
but we must learn to wait on God, not depending on ourselves, but depending on God to come through for us and have a relationship so that we can recognize him. You know, in the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 36th verse, it says, for you have, for ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. Once we have done the will of God, how many of us are willing to put that into practice and to do what God is asking us to do first so that we can thereafter receive his promise in our lives and then recognize it when it comes. We see in our text that Lazarus' death was, you know, was not something that, you know, was handled in the way that those who were the observers, the relatives, thought it should have been handled. They were under the impression that Jesus should have rushed to his aid immediately on he upon hearing of Lazarus' illness. But Jesus had a different approach. And it wasn't one that was clearly understood by neither his disciples nor his friends. For he stated, and he, he explained clearly that what would happen with Lazarus was to show who he was and so that God could be honored and glorified. Yeah, he was on his deathbed and Jesus did indeed love him. But, and in the same way he loves you and I, but it is always more important that we allow God to receive the glory in all things, in every way. Not that we seek our own uh, outcomes and our own uh, relief initially, but that we allow God to receive the glory. And we'll benefit thereby. Just as Lazarus had to endure on his deathbed, death itself, Jesus still had a plan. You, you might ask, as, as, as some would have asked in that, in that time, you know, what was, what was really going on? Was Jesus ignorant to the fact that Lazarus was going through this and just ignore it? No, he was not. For in verse 11, it says, these things said he, and after that he said unto them, our friend Lazarus is sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. He understood clearly, but he knew also what must be done. How God would receive the glory for the work, for what he would show. It wasn't that he hated or he wanted to see Lazarus injured or hurt, but he knew in order for man to believe, even those who were following him, he would have to allow Lazarus to be the example, to show them who he truly is. Mm. And that's what we must be willing to accept. Was he indifferent? Did he not care or, you know, was he, did, did Jesus kind of shrug it off and say, well, I don't care what's going on with Lazarus. I'm, I've got business to handle right now. No, 
when we look at verse 8 and 9, it says, His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are they not are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. He saw clearly everything about him, everything that was going on. And he felt the sorrow that Lazarus' sisters, that Martha and Mary felt. We see that in verse 35, where it says, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. He cried for what Lazarus was experiencing. It hurt him too. But he knew that all would be for the glory of God. Can you trust that in every way, in every activity, in every approach, that you are really allowing all to be done for the glory of God, that God might be lifted up, that he might be glorified? Jesus wasn't impotent. He wasn't, it wasn't that he was powerless. It wasn't that he didn't have the knowledge or the skill or the ability. What does it say in verse 33 and 34? When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, where have ye laid him? They said unto the, unto him, Lord, come and see. Because he was preparing himself to perform a miracle that would be witnessed by all who were present. And he knew that he could do it. He knew what was going to happen. Just as he knows all the goodness, all the plans that he has in store for you and I. He knows what your outcome is going to be. He knows the hurdles and the challenges that you're dealing with. But he also knows your outcome. He knows that you can be brought through as well. And that if you are truly, truly, truly of, of good heart and you of good faith, of strong and courageous faith, that you will give God the glory. That all that is done in every way when he brings you through, that God will be glorified. That he is lifted up. That you Thank him each and every day, each and every moment for all the things that he continues to do in our lives. You see, Jesus was only involved for that very singular reason, that God receive great glory, that he be glorified, that he be lifted up. In verse four, he said, when Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. You see, he wanted God to receive the glory first, and then the people would recognize him for who he is, for who he is and what he came to do. In verse 40, it says, Jesus said it unto her, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. You see, your faith plays an important part, an integral part of it. And if you don't believe, you can't see the glory of God. You won't ever see the glory of God. You won't ever know the glory of God. You won't ever experience the miracles that he's come to perform in your life. We have to believe. That's what your mothers, 
That's what our mothers have taught us. That's what they want us to know and understand that there is a remedy for all the feeble minded, the folks who have feeble faith and don't, don't allow themselves to, to latch on to this good word and receive it within them, within themselves completely, completely. He came to be the answer, brothers and sisters. He came so that he could be the answer. Not that we would run off and, and show our disbelief by going off and, and, and trying to alibi and explain it off in some other way. You see, if you're one who prays, if you pray for your family, if you pray for your loved ones, if you pray for those who have been lost, and if you know how to simply wait on God, yes, what he was told, that, yes, I, I, you, you will see them again in the final days. But you know, you also, also, if you come to know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know how soon that might be. And we must understand when he allows us to be reunited with our loved ones, that it's going to be a blessed, blessed day. But it's only through faith, only through our belief, and only through the love of Christ. Remember to love your mothers. Wish them a beautiful, happy Mother's Day. And don't worry. Be patient and trust God in every way so that he can bestow his blessings upon you in all that you love.